and welcome to another episode of Chatting Rabbis, episode number 15. This is Eliezer Zalmanov in Munster, Indiana. And Mendy Chetrik from Istanbul, Turkey. How are you, Eliezer? Baruch Hashem. How are you? It's good to see you. It's good to be seen. And uh, we're moving along, as they say, and uh, coming up with new subjects, new topics to discuss every uh, episode. And uh, there was one topic that was on my mind for a few weeks, but uh, I, know, I guess I can say I never had the courage to bring it up on the podcast, but maybe we, uh, we'll take a few minutes to discuss this, um, the, sto- the story of uh, Chaim Walder in Israel. Uh, there's no story of Chaim Walder. The story is Chaim Walder's um, atrocities. Chaim Walder himself is not the story. Right, because it's not about the person, and and it's it's about the community that is either you can say the community that's suffering or the community that was uh, was relieved of the suffering uh, once the story broke and once people became aware of this concept that exists. And obviously, it's a lot more comfortable for people. It's a lot easier to just push shove it under the rug and pretend that it doesn't exist. But when a story like this breaks, and you're right, that it's not about the individual, but it, that just happens to be in the news and everyone's talking about it, which is why it was on everybody's mind. We, we can't pretend that it doesn't exist and we can't shove it under the rug and we have to come to terms with the fact that there are, there are bad people out there doing bad things and the Jewish community, the Orthodox community, the Haredi community is not immune to it. And the way you deal with it is not by pretending it doesn't exist and not by saying that uh, if only people are more careful in Tznias or, or more, more uh, religious about Yichud, about men and women secluding themselves. Obviously, those are all important things. Tznias is important and Yichud is important. But you can't blame the communities being lax or individuals being lax in those areas. The resulting factor that, that uh, there are these, like you said, like these atrocities or these horrible uh, actions that individuals perpetrate and it becomes worse when it's, when, when it's ignored. And looking at it from the perspective of a, uh, of a victim, obviously uh, uh, the, the victims did come forward. Some are more comfortable uh, speaking about their, about their uh, story than others. But from the perspective of the victim, they have, to be, they have to have their fears assuaged that they will not be ignored, they will not be made into pariahs, and they'll, they'll be listened to. The, the main thing that needs to be accomplished with all of these stories coming out in the news is not so much punishing an individual. Of course, individuals need to be punished for their actions and they need to face the consequences and, and suffer the consequences and face the music. And, but that's not the main thing. The main thing is that we want to prevent this from happening again. And uh, there's a lot of talk about, uh, obviously, this is not, uh, not, a, not a real issue. It's a fake issue, and, and that's Lashon uh, Hara. God forbid you can talk negative about someone. But besides the fact that Lashon Hara has a, has a very wide range, and there's a lot of, a lot of uh, details, and, the speci- and there are circumstances where speaking negative about someone is allowed, it, like I said, it's a fake issue, because in the case where you're saving people from being molested and being sexually assaulted, it doesn't matter that you're speaking negative about the perpetrator because if that's what it takes to save a life, to save a person from being assaulted, then Lashon Hara is not a factor. I, I know this was the case and maybe we're getting too carried away in the details of this, of this particular per- individual, but I, I believe that was the goal of the, uh, of the special Bezdin convened by Rabbi Eliyahu from Tzfat, and that was to stop a person from behaving this way, from doing these things, so that more people aren't victims for his atrocities. Let me add here something which... This whole story is is extremely painful. It's painful on many, many levels. 
Of course, the f first and foremost, it's painful for those who have been violated, for don those individuals who have been uh, who have been abused, who have been sexually abused. That is that is first of all, and after such a first, there isn't much room for second and third. But still, there's other crazy issues here, and. One thing which I am really, really bothered here is, look, we as a society of a society which prides itself to be a society that keeps God's laws, a society which is busy with performing the mitzvah to its fullest extent. We are a society who are busy also in helping individuals, helping the poor, there there are so many uh, mitzvah societies within the Haredi community, from from a pamper gemach, which means uh, people that have uh, extra pampers in their homes for in case the neighbors need a, need the pampers at night. Sounds funny. Not the used one. They're not, they're not lending them the used ones. Yeah, you? not the used ones. So yeah, but 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 to to. To to free um, free loan uh, societies, to a whole bunch of of, of really really wonderful things, Ezamitzion and and Berefua societies and High Lifeline and Hask and a whole bunch of so many wonderful things about us. But besides that wonderful thing about us as a Haredi society, we also a society which people spend a lot of money on buying a beautiful esrog, and people spend wonderful uh, money of to 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 charity, and people spend their life their, their life uh, praying and learning Torah and supporting those who learn Torah. And really trying to serve Hashem with all our might, and we're trying to to portray that and pass on this feeling of of service of Hashem, of of avodat Hashem to to our to our kids, to our grandkids, to to anybody around us, and us as Lubavitchers to try to portray that and to reflect that uh, way of life, that benevolent way of life to the larger society around us. And here we are not immune from such atrocities of people taking trust that was that they have built um, by being and being important people in our society authors Rosh Hashivas Shluchim Chabad emissaries and violating that trust which they have and hurting others my question is how do these two things come together? No, there, there's no, there's no answer to that. There's no justification for that in any way. My, my, my question that I was going to ask was whether it's it's a symptom of a larger issue, or is just the fact that this is a real serious issue that exists in society, and like you said, we're not immune to it. Is it un something unique to the firm world? I would venture to say not, because psychopaths like this individual that, that we started off talking about, psychopaths exist. A psychopath is someone who could convince you that he's normal. He can convince you to trust him. He can, he can convince you to, uh, to open up to him and to, and to come close to him. And then he violates that trust. I'm afraid, I, I'm afraid to say, but I might not be very wrong in saying that the cover-up is more unique to our society. Because 
this question that I just voiced. Because of the fact that we are afraid that exposing such behaviors will unravel our education system, will unravel our belief, faith, and social system, is a great attributor to the cover-up. I agree with that. And I think um, it's, it's it, any society, I, I don't know if we can call it a religious society or a society that has a, a hierarchy. You know, you can, you can use the uh, Catholic Church as an example, Ahavdil, Allah Fahavdalas. But they also have their issues. And the, like you said, the cover-up is, is, is a big issue. And that contributes to, to uh, a, lot, a lot of suffering. When a person uh, comes to uh, a comes to someone of, of authority and tries to bring up these issues and tries to discuss them with uh, with the rabbi or lahavdal their priest or with their therapist or with their teachers, and they're ignored or they're encouraged to to change the story and to put it under the rug, it's a, that's definitely a big part of the problem. I don't know if that cover up. I'm agreeing with you. I don't know if that cover up exists in a society where we don't have that hierarchy system, but uh, in the from world where we do, like you said, we have teachers, we have rosh yeshivas, we have rabbis, we have uh, mentors. Mashpim. I'm not talking about people in those positions who are the actual abusers, God forbid, but people that don't know how to deal with it, and the knee-jerk reaction is to cover it up and to pretend that the, uh, or, to, or to convince the victim that what happened to them didn't really happen. And that's, that's the biggest disaster. And of course, and of course in our society, where respect to elders is definitely very much part of our education where respect to rabbis and people of authority is very much part of education, where um, sexual misconduct is very much frowned upon, then you have predators which use these benevolent aspects of our society and use it for their wicked ways. Now, this is something which is which we have to figure out, which we have to figure out as a society how to uproot these these things. I, I don't have the answer. I just I just feel the pain. I feel the betrayal and I, I don't know I in listen in our, in our society it, it, it goes it goes you know when we, we don't speak about you know we refrain from even speaking about about sexual behaviors and refrain to even speak about about such things and they have predators which take these, these issues of modesty and modesty of speech and modesty of, of thought and abuse it for their own sick purposes is what... Because they, it, because, because they know that people are, are afraid or ashamed to bring it up and to talk about it. That's right. Then, then is the solution to start talking about it and with that to maybe cause an unraveling to a certain extent of our way of life and way of education? Is that, is that, will that help? I don't know. Do you think that do you think that the approach that Rav uh, Shmuel Eliyahu and Svat took was the right thing uh, to convene a panel, a a, a bezdin, to hear the, the the victims' accounts and to make a determination based on that? Obviously, it was not a, a bezdin in the in the typical sense where someone is being judged, but it's more about substantiating the victims' claims and preventing it from happening again in the future. Do you feel that was the right approach? I definitely think that there should be some sort of, of panel for people, uh, where, you know, but people should be able to, to call up and speak and, and share, and there should be a bonding. But, you know, Shmuel Liao, which I have known for, for many, many years, uh, for many, many years, even before he moved to Tzfat, um, I don't think he's a person who comes from our Haredi circles. And us uh, Chabad Shluchim, 
aren't uh, exactly that uh, that uh, that either. Shmuel Eliyahu, who did a great job in in the, in this uh, in trying to help the situation, I don't think he is the answer. He does not come from the same Haredi uh, group that we come from. Um, and many people will argue that us Chabad rabbis don't come from the same Haredi group either. We you know so there there is something that is really really bothering here, bothering to me not only on the practical level. But it's bothering me here on the theological, ideological level of how are we who are uh, teaching ourselves and convincing ourselves, and we are right that we are on the path of God and the path of serving Hashem, and we can have such terrible, terrible downfalls here. This is some. This is something that that, that bothers me. But bothers me, and, and that's something that I I. It really, I'm struggling with. That's that's one thing. The other thing is that that together with that, this issue with Chaim Walder has been confirmed, has been admitted, there's signs and everything. Together with that, there is also a, a worry here that people will sometimes use uh, the the new uh, the social media vendetta, you know, as a vendetta, as a, as a as a tool to carry out uh, character assassinations without the proper proof, because today who needs proof when somebody is being accused? Just being accused already kills the person. But on the other hand, on the other hand, not not, not accusing and not bringing it up is what cause, uh, causes other people to cover up. So there is also here another balance which is very, very hard to find. I'm not sure exactly. You know, there's been for so many years, um, there's been this, um, for, I don't know, so many years, okay, at least 15 years, there's this uh, website, I forgot what it's called, where they had this uh, Crown Heights watch or whatever it was, something like that, you know, the, one, one of these things. And they had lists of people that people appeared on the lists and, uh, and uh, wall, of shame. wall of shame and this accused and that accused and that one. There's lots of people, maybe 100, 200 people there. I'm not sure who is the one who proved uh, these people, who approved them to be on the list, and who, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, that, that's the problem when every, when every accusation is taken at face value. Because on one hand, you want to believe the victims. If someone comes forward and says that something happened, you, you can't ignore, you can't pretend that it uh, doesn't exist, and you can't question their, uh, their accuracy. But at the same time, there has to be some kind of due process before you destroy a person's name and reputation. Maybe it's maybe it's not true. I mean, usually they say when there's smoke, there's fire, but it still has to be proven. And that's why I think what, what the Rav Eliyahu did in Svat helped. You're right that he wasn't necessarily a part of the right community, but the process has to, has to somehow, there has to be some kind of process. There has to be some kind of steps, a procedure that you can go through. You, you can go to the police, which is obviously if you, were, if you were violated, if someone hurt you, if someone attacked you, if someone abused you, going to the police is the right thing. But you know, we've, 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 we, we, we're, not, uh, we're not in denial to think that uh, everything that, uh, as soon as you go to the police, as soon as you go to the government, everything will be resolved, um, whether it's in Israel or in America, and I'm sure even in Turkey there's, there's issues. You know, wherever, everybody's human at the end, and everybody wants to do the right thing, but sometimes the desire to do the right thing takes us into, into a gray area, and not always is, is, that, is that the right solution. So, like, like you, I don't, I'm torn, I don't know what the actual answer is. Um, a few a few years ago, and this and this uh, where where it actually it hits home a little bit. Um, a few years ago, I was called for jury duty, 
had, I had to postpone it a couple of times. Uh, it was in Rosh Hashanah, then it was on Sukkot, and then finally the day I came. And so in the, in the first meeting with the uh, with the prosecutors and with the defense attorneys, uh, they actually have the person who's on trial sitting in the room the whole time uh, during the jury selection process. So they they ask they go through every potential juror. You know, the jury itself has only 12 people, but there are probably 60 or 70 people potential. Um, everybody, has a, everybody has a number, and the first 12 people sit in the 12 seats, and they go through each person. They ask them a bunch of questions about your life, about your history, about your biases, about your background. And then uh, the, 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 the judge and the lawyers confer for a few minutes, and then they um, read out a few numbers. Jury number 12, jury number 14, jury number 37 is, are dismissed. So when it came to my turn, I was sitting up there, and they're asking questions. And then one of the questions they asked is, any, do, do any of you have children? Because the, uh, the, the accused, the person accused, was actually accused of child molesting. So do any of you have children? So I raised my hand. I have children. So they asked me, how many children do you have? How, how old are they? Uh, at the time, it was either we had six or seven kids. And the oldest was probably 13, 14, and the youngest was a baby. Okay, they, they took this information under, under advisement, and then a few minutes later, they called up my number, juror number uh, 13 is dismissed. And uh, because the way they viewed it, that a, a parent of children can't be unbiased when it comes to uh, these types of issues. But sometimes it takes a parent of children, obviously in a court of law, you need to be unbiased. But when it comes to being able to protect our children and being able to... Uh, protect society and prevent these things from happening again in the future, it takes someone that's been there, someone that raises children. Someone, and obviously, we're in, in, in these abuse cases, there are adults and there are children as well. But specifically from the, from the perspective of a parent, the, uh, the bias that we have to be overprotective of our children will protect our children. We'll prevent these things from happening. We, we have to speak to our kids about it. We have to make them aware that these things exist, that these kinds of people exist, and there are people that you trust, and your teachers, who generally we tell you to respect them and, and, to, uh, and to honor them and to give them their, 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 due, their due respect. But you still have to be constantly conscious and constantly aware that nobody's perfect, and we live in a world that there are, again, to use the extreme, there are psychopaths who will lure you in, and you have to be aware that that's really the only, the only solution. It's the only thing that we can tell our kids is that if you're in, in an uncomfortable situation, leave. If, on, on, an, on an unrelated topic, my, uh, my father-in-law always used to tell his kids when they were started getting their driver's licenses that if you're ever in a car and a friend of yours is driving, and you're uncomfortable with the way they're driving, tell them to stop the car and get out. That's it. Don't, you could be in the middle of nowhere, but it's more dangerous to be in a car with a reckless driver than to be standing on the side of a street in a neighborhood that you're not familiar. Get out, figure, call a taxi, call, a, call the police, whatever. Get out of the car of the person that's driving recklessly. And I think the same advice should be given to our kids over here now. If you're in an uncomfortable situation, deal with the ramifications of your being chutzpah later. Right now, you need to deal with, your, uh, with, with being in a situation that could lead, to, God forbid, to, to horrible things. Right. But, you know, it, it's something that is very, very difficult for us to, to, um, to work around. At the end of the day, we, we, uh, we have a great issue with overnight camps. We send our kids to two months overnight camp um, with uh, counselors, which not necessarily people who, are, have, been, uh, who have had uh, the proper training and uh, 
we do have some issues with uh, with with counselors and with the teachers sure. and things like that. I'm not, sh- you know, we we do and we try to and we have to, uh, of course, give our kids our the you know the full. Uh, the full sense of uh, trust and give them also a good healthy measure of uh, suspicion um, and, and and it is a balance and it is a balance it's not a perfect world but uh, and definitely it's something that we have we as parents have to work on and we also uh, you know it's with re- respect speaking about respect of, of elder of elders respect of our rabbis respect to our teachers and at the same time uh, respect is all true until it comes to uh, somebody getting too close to you and uh, yes but we have to give that right balance but this is on a practical level again the the what bothers me is not only the practical level which is of course of a great concern to me as a father of eight of eight kids um but uh, it is also of course the, what bothers me as as always is also the 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 greater ramifications which i call it the the, the ramification to our faith the, the what, what does it mean to us as a society what does it mean to our service of god what does it mean when we come when you come and to speak to somebody about putting on tefillin about this about eating kosher about how all these these things are how you should become a mamlechet kohanim vegoy kadosh, a holy nation, people of, of that are close to Hashem, people who who fulfill the godly mission, the godly mission of making this world a better place, better place both physically, spiritually, bringing the light of God to the world, being a ola goyim and light to the whatever it is, all these these wonderful phrases, and then boom, that bothers me. And I'm sure that bothers many people who don't want to even voice this concern, which is, as you mentioned before, is why uh, the cover-ups happen. And so, is it worth it? Of course it is. We've got to pop the balloon in order to save the people. But the, the fact that it is that it's a pop balloon is what bothers. I don't know if we, if we want to venture to the, into this part of the discussion, but just because someone is in a position of religious leadership doesn't make him a good person. There's a story in the news recently about a certain rabbi who was caught with his uh, hand in the cookie jar, so to speak. And he's a good person, and he's a smart person, and he's a scholar, and, he's, and he teaches a lot of people Torah. But... If in his own personal life he isn't able to control his urges and his instincts, and in that in this case it wasn't, uh, it didn't hurt an, a, a, a specific person, especially not a child. But you, if you don't know how to control yourself, whether it's in a financial issue or other issues, then you you need to get help. You need you need to get help, and uh, we can't make this about about the uh, about the perpetrators, about protecting their uh, their reputation. We definitely can't blame the victims. So I don't I don't know what the answer is, what the long term solution is. All I know is what I can do in my own life with my own kids, my own family, and a lot of davening and hoping that. Uh, that they're safe, that that we're safe, and that and that children around the world are safe, and that bilam avas lanetzach, that the evil become completely eradicated. It's a it's a uh, it's a high goal to aim for, but you know we can hope. And the other thing is for us rabbis, and for other many rabbis which I know that are listening to this uh, thing, you never meet anybody in a closed room. You meet people only in public places. Um, you know, 
if you have a camera system in your office make sure that it is recorded and it is available for other people to record to, to see those re recordings and people who come to meet you should know that everything is recorded and that you meet people other, you know and there's no is uh, always closed uh, open windows and always uh, open doors and there's never you know these are also things that have to come to mind and things that have to um, that that have to be taken into consideration and maybe come into the handbook of, of rabbis who are working in consulting and many many times you know I, I i meet people on a daily basis people uh, men women who come for consultations come to talk to talk about their issues talk about the thing and i i always meet in a public place i sit, go to starbucks and meet me in starbucks that is my thing um i, I people you have to meet people in public places places where there are other people places which um, because rabbis are not uh, are human beings and uh, human beings which are prone to uh, to fall to different to to various places and various uh, pitfalls and that's uh, something that we should all uh, take a lesson take lesson is uh, means that we should take precautions and people should know that we take these precautions and people should know that even though we are rabbis we are people of religion we are people who are try to uh, to serve god and trying to better ourselves and nevertheless uh, things have to um, we have to take uh, you know we are still human beings which can fall into places that we don't want to and um, we have to take these precautions and make sure that people know that these precautions are taken. Right. And these, these are precautions that we can take for, for ourselves to never end up in a situation that, God forbid, can lead to uh, these things. But going back to the original uh, uh, discussion we were having, we can't blame anybody, especially not a victim. We don't can't blame a victim for having been through a situation like that because there was a concern with Yichud or Tzniyaz. Because after the fact, we're not looking to blame anybody other than the perpetrator exactly. himself. Exactly. Other than, you know, nobody else, nobody can be blamed besides the person, the, the predator himself, that, that, that is blamed and should be blamed. But it's not only the blame, it is us as a society are also to blame. We are to blame for for a cover-up, we are to blame for not uh, being able to address this issue, and we are to blame for uh, for maybe not comforting victims as they should, and not uh, and sometimes in order to protect a school and protect a camp and prote to protect a a a, uh, a dignity or to protect a family, we are letting people a reputation or religion or God or group or movement we are hurting other people is the solution of course the the the, the solution is that there shouldn't be such things and such so, so, shouldn't be such issues but we know that these things will exist and do exist and all we can do is to um, to find ways to you know to fight them and to fight the predators, to fight those who perpetuate, to do th such things, and to uh, to support those who have been uh, support the victims. And to support support the victims. That's 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 the most important part of this whole discussion. I think is that uh, uh, if anyone listening to this uh, has been through a situation uh, like this, is is a victim, whether you've come forward or not, you should know that that at the end of the day, it, it is you. Who, who needs to be uh, needs to be listened to, and it's you that whose story needs to be heard. And God willing, by you coming forward in the right in the right setting, 
it'll prevent the, these kinds of things from happening again in the future. And if you know of anybody who does such things, you should bring it up to in the right forum, bring it up to the, the police or social services or a rabbi that you can trust who could, who could make sure that these things um, are dealt with correctly and not just brushed under the, under the carpet. 100%. All right. Next time we speak about good things, please. God willing. Bezrat Hashem. Take care. Bye-bye.